Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. This is Will, and I'm really excited to have Doug Sance on the phone. Doug owns Nelly's Sports Bar in Washington, D.C., and if I'm right, Doug, you just celebrated your 13th anniversary in business? Uh, it's actually 11, but close. It feels like 13. Uh, what, so what year did you all open? Uh, 2007. 2007. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I have to say, okay, so I probably could have found, I found it in the wrong place. I think I looked at your LinkedIn profile and it said something about 2005, which is probably when you started working on Nellie's, I would guess. It's um, exactly right. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> it. So two years to open. Two years to open. So 11 years. Well, congratulations. It's a tough business and anybody that can make it over a decade, man, that's, that's awesome. So, Congrats, and thank you for taking the time to uh, talk today. Sure, and thank you. So you, okay, so what were you doing prior to Nelly's? Uh, were you in the restaurant business before you opened? I was not. I actually worked in uh, advertising. Right when I got out of school, I moved to Chicago and worked in a big agency there on Ace Hardware and worked with John Madden. They had just signed him up as a spokesperson. Oh, wow. It was pretty, pretty exciting. I made like $13,000 a year, but <laughs> absolutely fascinating. And I was kind of his right-hand man, and I uh, basically was in charge of making sure he was in the right place at the right time throughout the nation. Uh, then I moved to New York City, uh, which is kind of the center of advertising, and worked at Ogilvy and Mather uh, on um, – what did I work on? AT&T and then Chase Manhattan Bank. So all big agencies and blue chip clients and zero experience in restaurants. I have never bartended in my life. Um, I, did work, I did work as a server in college. Uh, I've never cooked a meal in my life, um, never owned a restaurant, and I'm not particularly good at sports. So <laughs> all those things make for the number one sports bar in D.C., Virginia, and Maryland. <laughs> well, you know, you weren't blinded by all everybody else's rules, I guess. But, man, dude, yeah. that is, I don't even know where to start with that. That's, that's fascinating. Uh, so you had to get, get Matt around on his bus, right, because he wouldn't fly. That, that, that's yeah, he would fun. not fly. And then after a while, he, and I was very honored. Uh, I worked there for about six years, so he got to know me. Um, and he, he also had two adopted sons that were as big as he was um, or is, and uh, so I was also sort of in charge of taking care of them. He wanted them to be in the business, but they just kind of weren't cut out for it. So basically, my job was to take them out afterwards and get them drunk, which <laughs> took about 15 pitchers. And then when I wasn't there, he'd say, "Hey, where's that Doug guy?" Which I loved. So this was a good thing. Um, oh, yeah, it was a really cool experience, except for the money part. Well, and so, and I'm sure that then probably the money came in New York. But what so? Tell me about it, man. I mean, you were in, you're you're part of a um, that's a huge organization uh, that you're with in New York, and you have blue chip clients. So now you've got a place you've been you know open eleven years, working on it thirteen years, single location, totally different uh, um, you know pace of life, and um, and and you know certainly um, with no experience, man. I'm tell me more. I'm fascinated. Okay, so basically what I did is I. I've always been a social guy, and I uh, was in a fraternity in, in college, and I was the social chairman. You were supposed to be social chairman for one semester. I was social chairman for three years. 
because we just have a lot of fun. And I always think <laughs> with the most popular sororities and all that. So uh, I did that once I got out of school. I'd host a lot of parties. I used to have Super Bowl parties. After I went to um, New York, I then moved to D.C. Um, 24 years ago, 23 years ago. And I just, I would, a lot of people would go to Rehoboth and I would host, be the beach house uh, um, host for like 25 people or what have you. And it just was in my blood to be a host and kind of entertain people. And I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And in advertising, it's more um, unlike Case Manhattan Bank or um, AT&T, which is very corporate. We had that creative slant. So, you know, sometimes on a Friday, the creative people would be, you know, drinking beers, doing all sorts of things. So that sort of helped me with my entrepreneurial spirit, but still kept a corporate background. So when I opened the restaurant, one of the things I uh, told myself was I had like four or five distinct strategies uh, was to run it as a corporate business, to get up at 6 a.m., 6.30 when I would normally for my other job, uh, hire managers that were good enough to close. And so I would work on Nellie's every day from 6 to like 7, 8 o'clock at night, uh, like advertising hours. And then other people, I'd go in, but other people would close the place at 2 or 3 in the morning. So I wasn't exhausted, and I could really work on the marketing, uh, the finances, just the overall aspect of Nellie's getting people in there and you just have to trust people it's a completely different way than some owners you know don't spend enough time getting enough sleep or whatever and marketing the business or tracking different things inventory and that sort of thing and I really kept on that aspect of it so that's how I approached it I just and in advertising you have a group of people I was the account manager uh, you have media, you have creative, you have production, you have that. So I just the same thing with kitchen and servers and managers. I just took that learning aspect and that approach and applied it to the restaurant world, and it, it worked. And plus you had to have a good idea, and it was a good idea. Well, you had, um, you had a, a good tool set of skills and uh, work ethic and work habits you learned in corporate America and you married that with some entrepreneurial drive. So there you go. Um, yep. That's, and that's really cool that you're able to do that and you're able to kind of shut yourself off in the evening and, and, and mm-hmm. find, you know, and have trust in people. And maybe that's honestly, I wonder if maybe because you didn't have the experience that you, you know, a lot of folks, that's what they, they kind of feel like they've got to control the situation. They've had enough people they've worked around. They don't trust that so they don't trust. Right. And they, they work their ass right. off and work themselves to death and, right. um, and you get burned out or whatever. And, you know, and another slant to that is I also didn't have a preference on, okay, we make the best shepherd pie or, you know, I'm a shepherd pie connoisseur or I'm a huge local team fan or what have you. And Nellie's really does all sort you know it's not focused on one team it's not focused on one food aspect and it's the one thing it's focused on is being friendly to everyone especially moving from new york to dc i experienced a lot of bars and restaurants where you know it's like you were doing the server or the bartender a favor by handing them a 20 dollar tip and in nelly's that didn't fly and actually the first year 
even though someone was very good or really good looking, all the things you want in that host, um, hospitality industry, if they were not nice people, they didn't work at Nellie's. And we have really nice people. And that's what one of the things that it's another strategy of mine is that, you know, it's sort of like a, a, an instant cheers. You walk in and everybody knows you, treats you really well. Um, and that worked too. Well, I know you, you mentioned on your website, um, you know, part of what you, you try to provide there is an, your, you know, display and uh, mm-hmm. that permeates through your, through Nelly's mm-hmm. an infectious love of life. So that really goes to, I guess, the type of people that you're hiring there. Right. Um, you can teach them to serve, but you can't teach them to love. No, their personality. Yeah. Yeah. Their personalities are personalities. And another, uh, when I first started, I was not going to put up any um, neon beer signs from the major vendors. And, you know, now we're like the number one seller of several liquors and beers in the area. Uh, so nothing like that that you saw at other typical bars and or sports bars. It was all I encouraged in the first two months for people to bring in pictures of them running a race, hanging out with their football guys, flag football team, uh, doing a swim meet, whatever. And I put all those pictures up along with I told them to bring in their school banners. So there's no um, vendor advertising. It's all local so that within six months it looked like it had been there for 20 years and people had just brought all this collective stuff, and people love to see that. You know, it's just very friendly. And so, again, that was another strategy of just making it feel uh, very personable and at home right away. Now, you um, you named it after your, your great-grandmother and your great-great-grandmother, correct? Both yeah. named Nellie? Yeah. So tell, yeah. tell me about that. What was the tie there? Well, the tie there was when I was little, I come from, they're from Kansas, and they actually moved there in like 1850, right before the Civil War. It wasn't even a state. Uh, they moved from New York. They were somewhat a uh, wealthy family um, that started then there and lived six generations, uh, department stores and all that sort of thing. They were very social. And so when I was little, I was brought up to respect your genealogy and your history of your family. And Nellie was a big name, obviously, because there's two women named that. Uh, so I always thought until I was about 10 that every great-grandmother's name was Nellie because <laughs> that was a Victorian name. <laughs> so I identified with that. Uh, and then also as I grew older, if you were Nellie, you were, uh, might not be good at sports. If you were called, you know, oh, he's so Nellie, uh, he probably can't throw a football or what have you. And I thought, well, this is genius. No one else can own this because <laughs> right. I can actually show that this is my great-grandmother. And it is perfect play on words for a sports bar. So in my marketing background, what you want to do is center on things that no one else can claim or say. And so one of the things we say are, are you Nelly enough? Uh, and no one else can claim that. And both by literally my grandmother, and then also just in sports, it's ironic. Man, I love that. And I love that you tell your story on your website. I'm always surprised when I find a, a restaurant that doesn't really have anything about their story. That that really helps. I mean, from my perspective, okay. it helps really connect you to the place and gives you a deeper level of understanding of what they're doing and, and sort of a, an emotional connection, which may or may not be tangible, but 
isn't that a really important part, don't you think, of, of you know, particularly with independent restaurants, of having something? Completely. That, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, it goes as far as now 11 years, but even seven, eight years ago, uh, people became so protective and of Nellie's and uh, that they would come in. If I had moved a banner to clean something or just rearrange the room, they're like, where did my banner go? <laughs> I'm like, are oh, you got to be kidding me? Uh, so we had to really, we've kind of honed it down. We took down all the uh, pictures and replaced them with newer ones because then people started to uh, love Nellie so much they started to take things. <laughs> so uh, they were really taking pictures off the walls and all that. And that's just when a place gets super busy and whatever and crazy or whatever as it goes through people's minds. But uh, we still have all the, all the banners, all the school banners are up. We have some major pictures, that sort of thing. But definitely uh, I will hear about it if something is moved, which I think is fascinating and fabulous that they take that much care in Nellie's as a regular customer. Well, absolutely. And you, and obviously you're still, you know, you've got the one location. So the single unit economics had to work for you. Um, did you always plan on uh, just having a focus on one location and focusing on what's happening inside your four walls and building an institution? Cause I mean, you've clearly done that there in Washington. Yeah. Uh, so what I, my plan there was uh, we were out in the middle of, in um, D.C., the process of gentrification or claiming the neighborhoods back. I'd seen it in Chicago. I lived at 2500 North, and everyone, people didn't even live on the lake, you know, in between Evanston and 2500 North. Or, there were lots and lots of abandoned buildings, and that started to turn, and then I moved to New York City, and at Ogilvie was at 49th and Broadway in Hell's Kitchen at the Pencil Building, which was one of the first tall skyscrapers they built since like the 80s. Um, and because no one invested in the cities and no one's living there. Uh, and that Hell's Kitchen was truly Hell's Kitchen. It was really no one. All the big buildings around were abandoned. You couldn't take clients out for lunch, anything like that. So the third time is a charm when I moved to D.C. And then it started to populate. Hell's Kitchen's really popular now. So when I got to D.C., I thought, okay, no more. I see this uh, abandoned area below 16th Street. Nellie's is at 9th and U. I actually live at 6 and T in a place called LaJoy Park. So I bought a big house 20 years ago uh, with abandoned buildings everywhere and then started to spy on where I might want to open a Nellie's, and I opened it at 9th and U, and many people told me, you know, you're crazy. I'm not coming out here. And I said, no, you know what? This is a, think of it as a destination bar. <laughs> there you go. And it's, and it's only six blocks away from where everyone lives. And so that's right when Uber was, 2007, Uber was becoming a thing, cabs. And within the first two months, there was just a line of Ubers and cabs up to Nellie's because we had a roof deck, which was a big draw, and just it was a new cool thing. And it really started uh, the neighborhood to revive, revive, including a lot of the big towers that are there now would actually, and you can't pay for this in marketing, it would say, you know, hey, parking space available, uh, upgraded kitchens as a bullet point, and then another bullet point would be uh, one block away from Nellie's. Mm. Okay, I win. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, that's where I, I thought, 
I'm going to just try this. And it was a risk. I mean, it was busy right off the bat, but there's always risks in, in what you do. And then after like the first year, most restaurants fail. After the fifth year, a lot just give up because they're just tired. And I've gone through all those cycles where, you know, it was tough constantly keeping it busy, but it's still just as busy as it was three or four years ago when we kind of hit our high marks. Man, well, congrats on that. I, you Thank know, you. so you're at a point, it's actually interesting because um, we were right, schedule clause right at 11 years. What I always, I always think about, you know, what, what needs to stay the same Mm-hmm. And what needs to change as we go forward? Right. What are the what are the core kind of foundational building blocks that we've, you know, that can never change here that we always have to um, build everything upon? But then, what do we need to do going forward to to get better? Is that something you think about a lot, Doug? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's uh, so. What I also did is I thought, okay, people in my bar, I'm going to have this very familiar place that when you walk in, and some people describe it they said you know once i walk through the door it's like getting a big hug big hug um and i did the staples too of like i knew that the clientele would drink tons of vodka they'd love certain of just the regular type of beers we don't do a lot of this we don't do many at all fancy drinks of martinis and specialty cocktails or whatever we're just very the basics but with my research of going around and looking at the other sports bar, which were very few when I first opened up, um, doing really good food. So we have healthy salads. We have a really mixed menu that's um, appealing to people. We actually have people uh, take out. We have people order and say, we're going to come pick up. I defy any other sports bar that does that on a regular basis. Um, that's how good our food is. And just the, the just hanging on to okay, this is what we're going to offer. We're going to have a, a friendly atmosphere, um, all welcoming to you know straight, gay, male, female, black, white, rich, poor. Everybody is welcome at Nelly's. We never charge for space. We don't have a rental fee. We never charge at the door. That was another strategy. All of these types of things so that it's open to everyone. And in a lot has changed over 11 years. Um, the client base, again, has sort of ebbed and flowed as the neighborhood changes. But I tell myself, too, you know, my most, um, most loyal customers four, five, six years ago, through the five years that they've been coming, I don't think I'd go to the same bar for 11 years and spend, you know, because there's so many more things to do in D.C., but they, they do not come quite as much the very first group, but they still come back because they know that they can count on exactly what Nellie's is still about. So, yes, outside the changing factors, you have to not pay attention to them, but you have to also sort, sort of stay true to your course so that mm. people know that they can rely on something, and that's what they do with Nellie's. Well, it feels like home. You feel like you can always go back, and it's consistent. You know, it's there, and people yeah. see that and they appreciate yeah. that. I'm value yep. that. So, what's the uh, what's the hardest thing about what you do? Uh, owning a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just you know, it, it actually it took me ten years. This is the eleventh to um, get a really good uh, management staff. 
Mm. Uh, that took a while. And just like in advertising, you know, there was a, this slant of kind of crazy kookiness that, you know, hey, it is work and we have to get this uh, campaign out to whomever and people would be playing around or drinking or whatever. Well, that is heightened to a hundredth degree in restaurant because you're dealing with uh, liquor and you're dealing with cash and you're dealing with an industry that's not as um, consistent as corporate America. So people come and go. Uh, and honesty and, you know, hardworking and just getting it. Uh, and now, after the 10th year, I have this really incredible staff. Many of my bartenders have worked there eight and nine years because they make more money than I do. Uh, and the kitchen staff has been there for 11 years. And very few restaurants can claim that type of thing. I mean, it's just something that has happened with Nelly. So it's the hardest thing is to make sure that you've gotten that right mix and to realize that at a moment's notice, it could change mm -hmm. at any time. So there's just, and it's just a lot of work, you know, in corporate America, I, I had a paycheck. I knew I was going to get it every two weeks. This is, you can't count on that. You know, we could have a blizzard for a month and Nellie's would be close. I don't know how the fourth nor'easter up in Boston, any of those businesses are going to survive. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but also you, you had your weekends and, you know, I work seven days a week. So yeah. that's all part of owning it. But the fact that I own it, one of the really, there's some uh, things I would have changed at the beginning, just, you know, with management and hiring some people or my approach to that and what I learned or buying certain things for the restaurant or laying it out in certain ways and what I learned after a while how it works now. Um, I did do, when I went out there, I told the owner of the building um, that after five years, I'm going to put a lot of money into this. I want a clause that says I can purchase the building from you because I don't want that hanging over my head. And at the fifth year, he happened to live in Israel. He's a good guy. Uh, he honored that. And so I actually not only own Nellie's the business, but I own Nellie's the building. And that was super smart to do. So. Very shrewd, man. Good, good move. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Because that lease negotiation seems to be such an issue. When I talk to a lot of owners about, yeah. you know, hey, we were here for 15 years, and all of a sudden, you know, new people bought the building, and they're just running us. You know, we can't, we can't, we can't afford the lease. Right. It's a triple lease, right, or something yeah. crazy yeah. like that. So, and that's the whole thing. And I knew, and there were also some people that uh, you just had to kind of. I really believed in it. There were times that it was a bit scary but there were some vendors that i i use a lot i'm a big fan just like the the neighborhood aspect i like to use the smaller vendors and the little guys because i'm a little guy uh but sometimes it's smarter economically to use the big ones but there were two or three that were not as friendly as they could have been because yeah money was tight i couldn't pay my bills on time but i could break them out i said look nelly's is going to be really successful and one or two, well, basically one, possibly two, were very unfriendly. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to do any of this. Here's, I'm going to find this money. Here's your money. That's what you're focused on. Uh, I am never going to do business with you again. And they have come back uh, countless times. Hey, you know what? I know that happened nine years ago. 
I'm like, hey, I'm good. Uh, you know, I've got it all figured out. I will definitely call you when I need you. So that was something that, another thing that I took a risk on. And it worked out in my favor of using vendors and people that I could trust and kind of work with. It was a, all a learning experience. Mm, good lesson for, for vendors, too. I mean, that's, that's yeah, not looking yeah, I mean, you you got to look at the big picture and have a long Yeah, um, Yeah, but it's a scary industry, too, because if that whole group, so if in Boston not only the restaurants can't open, but then all of those vendors that feed those restaurants, they're not getting paid. Yeah. So it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough business, man. I admire every one of you guys and gals that I speak to and, and interview for this. And it just right. I tip my hat. Um, I, I just... And, dude, I got to tell you, man, I mean, we're a small business, too. You probably know. I mean, there's still just five yep. of us here, and we always have been. And yep. we're so, you know, proud to serve. Um, I mean, that's our, that's that's what we do, independent restaurants. And it's, I love it. I love the stories you all have. I love the work yep. ethic you have, the risk and reward and just the just the hustle and the grit and the um, determination and the awesome, shrewd good business decisions like buying your building, man. So I just, I really, really, you have a very infectious uh, story and personality and your passion for what you do comes out, man. And it's no surprise that with no experience, even working in restaurants, you, you figured this out, Doug. So I, thank, man, you. Just thank you for taking your time and thank you for sharing your story. And um, sure. I really, really appreciate it, man. Sure. Let, let me tell you one other thing that I think is absolutely fascinating and very telling is that, in the 11 year, years, we've won the best of uh, in D.C. And this is uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. The population is about 6 million people. And so in the Washingtonian, we were named uh, top 50 restaurants like two or three times in a row. Uh, in the city paper, local paper, best sports bar, best gay bar, best uh, trivia night, best roof deck, best whatever. In the post, uh, they have certain sections, the same thing, best gay bar, best sports bar, best place to meet people, best whatever. And then the local, like MW or the Blade, the same categories. One of them, I can't remember which one, I think City Paper, we won most best of. They had, they had some, they all have ridiculous amounts, but let's say like 100 best of. We won like 21 of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was crazy. It was a, that never happened before. So to me, just, just to peel back, there is no restaurant in the nation that wins best gay bar and best sports bar ever. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, hello. So that in itself is a testament to the creativity, the hard work, all this stuff with, uh, with what goes on with Nellie's. And my last would be with ScheduleFly and anything else. That's another thing I learned. I'm not very tech savvy and all that sort of thing. We would do handwritten, you know, uh, schedules, notes to each other, all that. And that within five years of evolving into, you know, obviously the Google and how we would do manager meeting notes, ScheduleFly was a godsend. All of these things totally helped to the volume that we do today was another learning curve that wouldn't have happened if we didn't have people like you guys helping us. Oh, man, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Well, you've been a longtime customer. Uh, and yeah. We really, really appreciate Thank God. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, man. 
Well, here's <laughs> to another uh, 11 years for both of us, right? Okay, very good. <laughs> well, All that, right. Uh, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's, that's, that's incredibly impressive. Uh, what yeah. So uh, keep it up, man. It's a great okay. story, and it's obviously a great business. I am 100% next time I'm in D.C., uh, I'm there. I'm, I'm going to okay. come hang out at Nelly's for sure. No very question. good. Uh, all right, man. All right. I tell your staff, thank you from all of us, and uh, I appreciate it, Doug. I'll let you get back to your day, but I, I appreciate the time, and everybody that listened will enjoy this very much. Okay, very good. Talk to you later. All right, take care. Bye-bye.